0: and read my latest articles, or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about building a great culture at a startup amidst a growing freelance economy, as well as some of the payment challenges that gig workers face. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Nico Simcoe, founder and CEO of Claire. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. I'm very, very excited to be here. Looking forward to, to
1: this back and forth.
0: Yeah, me, too. Well, uh, you know, let's let's start with some background on your current venture, Claire. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do and, 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 the, and the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for background, Claire is a um, is a mobile banking uh, solution that enables uh, any freelancer uh, or hourly worker or salary worker in the United States um, to get their money as soon as they finish a shift, a gig uh, or just a project. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple product at the end of the day. Uh, think about a digital bank that just pays you uh, as soon as it's, as it's feasible. Yeah. Um, and, and the way it works is we, uh, we partner with, uh, HR tech systems, um, mainly, uh, freelancing platforms, but as well as time and attendance and, and payroll platforms. Uh, so really we are, uh, what we call an embedded FinTech product, um, that enables, uh, freelancers and employees. Um, to choose that product as soon as they uh, as they sign up, or that they finish
0: a gig or a shift. Great, great, yeah, and I th- that's definitely a, a needed solution here. And and you know we'll talk a little bit here about the what I call the the agile workforce, title of my latest book. But you know in this changing workforce, um, there's been a lot of growth in in freelance work just in general. So you know everything from people that are freelancing full time to uh, to people that are doing it on the side. And you know, more and more skilled professionals are working independently, and more and more people are finding fulfillment in, in gig or project work versus a full-time career. But um, yeah, this kind of makes it challenging for companies that want to hire and, and retain the best employees because now you have these people that are they're independent, they're enjoying sort of that freedom. There's certainly some challenges there, and I think your company solves some of those payment challenges, but you know from your perspective as a as a, as a company as a startup how do you build a culture that attracts employees in this era where there is there are a lot of opportunities not even just other companies but other types of freelance work like what do you what do you need to offer in order to stay competitive in this kind of world
1: uh, absolutely, and it's it's a great question, Greg. So I, I can talk about um how how we're thinking about it at at Clare as a you know at the what I would call it the corporate level, which is like you know us the founding team as well as the as the leadership team. Um, I think you you hit on something which is um you know being independent in your work um as well as finding fulfillment. Uh, but I would add one more term, which is flexibility. Um, I think one thing will we have seen at Clare uh for our employees is people love the flexibility of being able to say well look i i, I have objectives that i need to hit i have um you know i i, I am working a part of a, of a bigger machine that altogether kind of creates this like pretty pretty good product for our, for our customers um and and but they still don't want the kind of robust nine to five uh, this was something that we felt even existed before covid but when COVID hit, uh, we were kind of in front of a wide board and we're like, huh, how are we gonna, how are we gonna build a culture that attracts, um, employees in this era? Yeah. And so we were kind of like juggling on different, on different options. Um, you know, one of them was, uh, let's just stick to the classic nine to five, um, you know, and let's just say that COVID is just a parenthesis. And then we all go back to the office. Um, the other one was, um, Hey, maybe there's something flexible uh, that we can do. Basically, meaning you know, people can still come into the office when it's you know post COVID or when everybody gets vaccinated. But basically, we are going to be a remote first company. Um, and then the third one is to be completely you know um, distributed. Um, I think there's pros and cons for all of them. Um, and what we've realized is actually being in between uh, is, is something that we're, that we're super excited about. So what that means is people want flexibility. They want to work a little bit independently. They don't want to be in an office with you know, people overseeing, their, uh, you know, overseeing the, their screen over their shoulder. So what, what, what we've decided to do is say, look, you, you should come and meet with the team when you feel it's necessary, when your manager feels it's necessary, when the leadership feels it's necessary. Um, it's up to you. Um, there are things that are way easier to solve in person. Like, you know, Zoom is great, but there's, yeah. you know, there's nothing as good as just being in person um, for certain whiteboarding sessions, for example. Um, and so we wanted to create that flexibility. Um, I, talking to our employees, there's a few more things that, that you know, we brought in, which is um, we, want, we want people to feel like, you know, on Friday afternoons, especially for our technology team, that this is a time when, you know, they're supposed to be working, but we don't give them actually something specific to work on. And what happens then is it creates enormous creativity for, for our entire team. Friday afternoons are used to, you know, develop um, ideas that they've had while working on the product or also things for our customers. Um, it's one of those very, very productive times. And we've realized that at flexibility and really being independent, I'm kind of running, letting them kind of a little bit loose in, in, in terms of what, w- what they wanna finish the week on um, has yielded a lot of positives, uh, for
0: us. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot in there of, of what you're saying. And I think, um, you know, one, one of the things that I think unifies a team is, is common, you know, shared purpose and, and stuff. And yet it's, it's interesting how you've put that focus on, on independence and yet, you know, it's kind of a paradox. I mean, you've got to have, you've got to have shared purpose. And yet I completely agree with your, I think your philosophy of you've got to give people some enough independence to be able to do, feel like, feel ownership. And and also I, I love that idea of of just, you know, kind of letting people loose on, on creative projects that, um, you know, that end up, I'm sure, you know, a lot of them end up benefiting the company. So how do you, um, how do you kind of reconcile that, Giving people the 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 purpose um, that they should that they can align themselves with, and yet giving them independence. You know, it's it's kind of it's, yeah. it's it's a bit of a paradox. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great point,
1: and I think something I should have mentioned is um, how simple yet clear our purpose is. At Claire, which is to make uh, you know hourly workers and gig workers feel financially free. Um, so I, I think that you know, most companies that I've met. Oftentimes uh, employees um, who are actually doing the work don't have a clear view of what the purpose is of the, of the, of the company. Uh, they know what their task is, they know who their manager is, but it's hard for them to know, you know kind of in, in, in a very aligned manner to say exactly what the purpose is of the, of the company. So one thing we were working very hard on uh, to the point of almost being repetitive, is just making sure that everybody knows and understands what the purpose is and what the what the priorities are at the company. Um, so when you have something like this and you and you hire uh, people who are motivated for and aligned with that purpose, it's then very easy for them to to kind of let loose within that, that area. So what that basically means is in order to reconcile both, you know, giving people independence plus uh, making sure they understand and, and live the purpose, it actually goes down to recruiting. Um, so the way we hire at Claire is there is a, you know, there's a lot of what we do is, is, is aligning on why this person wants to be around, um, uh, what this person, you know, wants to be, uh, wants to be doing over the next three to five years. And, and if, if part of what they want to do is they're very close to the mission and the purpose of the company, then, um, then, you know, we found a match and then it goes down to like, do they have the skills for the job that we need? But what we know is that if you have people who are, who are purpose driven um actually it's pretty easy to reconcile i think the, the reason why um most companies haven't been able to to succeed at it is probably because they didn't have a clear purpose or the purpose has been written in a in a more you know high level manner where like you know maybe the ceo himself doesn't buy into the into the purpose doesn't repeat it enough right so i think that's really how you reconcile both
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So can you give examples? Uh, you know, you mentioned remote and and distributed workforce and, um, for, for those listening, what are some of the things that you do? It may not work for every, you know, every company, but what are some of the things that you do to to make people feel part of the team even though they're, they're working remotely?
1: Yeah. Um, so a few things. One is, uh, uh, they get a lot of swag. Um, (laughs) I have on my desk a clear water bottle, a clear cup, Clara hand sanitizer, um, there is, uh, you know, they get, uh, they get sweaters. So first of all, is like, you know, carrying your brand is, is something that we want. Um, we wanna, we wanna give to people, yeah. uh, but that's, that's a material thing. I think there's a lot more things in terms of how do you t- create a team culture? How do you make people feel like they're, they're really part of this bandwagon? Well, there's a few things we invented and here, like, you know, we're constantly learning. So we're always evolving in the way we do things. Uh, but on a monthly basis, we have, we have a happy hour. Um, it's usually on one of those Friday afternoons where we will get together. Uh, one of the team members uh, um, leads it. We do, ev- depending on who leads it, we do different things. We've had um, people, you know, we've had a bartender show us how to do mocktails and cocktails. Uh, we've had uh, people play digital board games for like, hours and I can tell you that one time people didn't get off the computer until 7:30 at night. Oh, nice. um, it was it was pretty good and um and then finally you know like you know there are there are some abilities right now for us to to get together they're kind of fairly limited but we but we do do that. Um yeah. and then the, the the final thing I'll say is uh everybody's on Slack. We have a bunch of Slack channels that are you know not purposely you know not purposely made for uh for you know, delivering on targets or other things, it's such a much more creative place and a place for people to to share random facts. Um, and so, you know, all of that put together, it's we're trying to do the most out of the situation. And then when everything opens up again, we hope we can do offsites and, and also just get smaller teams to get together uh, without the whole company
0: being there. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, let's switch gears for a minute. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the industry that you're in and, and currently um, disrupting. So the, the wage advance industry. Um, what made you look at this? You know, what what kind of caught your eye and, and made you want to um, find ways to improve this 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 world?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. So, so the the way I got into you know building Claire with my with my co-founders. Was when I analyzed um, a discrepancy between supply and demand in the market, um, and then uh, the fact that the ways other providers were solving that gap, I thought was was just uh, was just not you know complete, and so um, and so let's start let's talk about the first one and then let's talk about the second one. So the first one what we saw statistically speaking is that um, there are roughly sixty percent of whether it is freelancers or you know. Or W 2 workers who at some point ask to get an advance on their paycheck. Um, that basically is driven by the fact that most Americans work paycheck to paycheck. Um, there's an entire uh, payday lending industry um, that is as big as $11 billion in revenue every year. Um, and the average cost of, a, of an advance is 400% APR. Um, so people are willing to pay 400% APR just because they're in dire need of cash faster. So that means that 60% of, of gig workers or or, or or other types of hourly workers um, uh, ask for wage advance. At the same time, uh, only about let's call it six five to six or seven percent of these um, of these employees actually have a solution that that's handy for them um, that their that their employer or their freelancing platform offers to them. Um, and so that's basically the discrepancy we saw. People want more wage advances, um, and they want to kind of Smoothen out their income uh they want to make sure that if a Edison bill is you know is, is is due seven days before their paycheck that they can you know they can plan for that instead of randomly waiting for you know a, two, a two-week pay cycle a monthly pay cycle a weekly pay cycle yeah um the what we saw then looking at the market was that uh there are solutions, but they're they weren't really fitting the need of the of the customers. The first ones were direct to 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 to, to consumer offerings. Um, typically, those are systems that charge the the end user, you know, between five to ten dollars per month, uh, if not per transaction. And if you do the math on five dollar fee for hundred dollars five days before your paycheck, that's three hundred sixty five percent APR. So basically, it's like it's a, it's a it's a digital version of a payday loan. Yeah. Um. The other solutions were um, going through each employer, um, and that means that, you know, if an employer is using, let's call it, you know, either it's career gig or they're using, I don't know, uh, you know, to, 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 to work or they're using uh, or they're working at a mom and pop shop that uses ADP. The thing is a wage advance solution like daily pay and the others are, need to be implemented by by the employer. Um, and that created a lot of friction because wage advances are nice to have for the employer, but they're a need to have for the employee. And so what we did instead is we said, well, why don't we empower the you know HR tech companies like you know CareerGig and any other time and attendance payroll system, um, you know, uh, or any other freelancing platform to actually do this on their own? Um, and that way, you just go from you know these platforms straight to uh, the employee, and the employees can 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 or the freelancers can sign up on their own. So that that's basically how we came about it, and the last thing I'll say is we, we have uh, our marquee product is you get your wages as, as soon as feasible, uh, meaning as soon as you finish a, a gig or, you know, that um, or that the, the person hiring you, um, you know, pays you for that uh, or decides, yes, I approve the hours. So as soon as it's feasible, we, we, you know, we pay the, the employee and that is always for free. Um, and, and that's a big deal for us because we realize that, you know, someone's going to come up with that idea and develop it and they're just going to take over the market. So we want to make sure that it's us. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And I mean, with the, uh, with, with such growth in, in the, the gig economy and, and freelance economy space, I mean, it definitely seems um, it definitely seems needed. What, you know, where, where else are you kind of looking if, if you don't mind sharing, like, you know, where else are you looking as far as you know, this is obviously a, a huge pain point for, for individuals, but what else do you see that that needs to kind of be fixed in the, in the gig and freelance economy that, that you might be able to help solve?
1: Yeah. And look, I think, I think there's a few things, what I'm really excited, um, you know, to be, to be actually partnering with you uh, at, at, at career gig is thinking bigger, right? I think what we're doing here as wage advance and like better financial services um uh, that come with the wage advance is only one slither of solutions that should be given to um, you know what I call an independent economy uh, what that basically means is in the U.S if you want healthcare, it's you know most probably going to get it through your employer um if you want uh as an example here better financial services you get it um probably through your employer and that that will be proven through time um if you want other types of benefits like for example free access to city bikes in new york uh, that's probably also through your employer and what i what i think is 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 really exciting about uh what you guys are working on is saying how would you give this incredible freelancing freelancer centric experience to a freelancer so that they don't want to use any other platform because they know they get all of the benefits um um you know with with you guys um that's what's super exciting i think that that vision um that the employment benefit world is gonna extend to the gig economy is an incredible insight. Um it's hard to, you know, to really deliver on that promise. Uh, but I think this is um you know, this is super exciting. I think there's there's a lot of challenges in that, of course. Okay. Um it's not easy to put together. Um every freelancer is gonna have different types of you know demands and needs. Um but having a, a, a menu, think about it like a buffet where people can just handpick what they want and and, 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 you know, pick and choose. And if, you know, if they want to also switch them over, they can, that I think is really the future.
0: Yeah, no, agreed there. And I think, uh, you know, I kind of look at it as there's this staircase of, of need, you know, it's almost uh, the, like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I know there's a lot of debate about um, the efficacy of that, but um, you know, it's still, I think there's some things that still, that still come into play is like, you know, everybody needs to work and, and earn money after that um you know they because that just pays for the absolute fundamentals and then you know to to have those other things like insurance or or other other things that they're not even nice to have um i wish that you know i think in 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 an ideal world those things would be um you know ubiquitous but um you know and then after that it's it's the the ability to grow and you know, gig workers just like employees that work, you know, full time. Um, they've got to outpace automation. They've got to outpace, um, you know, the changing needs of skills and everything like that. And so, um, you know, getting that. I mean, I think you're you're solving such a such a fundamental thing of like you can't really get to the next step right. unless you have the money to be able to support yourself when you need it. And exactly. it could be as some, something as fundamental as just like paying rent or God forbid, a doctor's visit or, or something like that. But you're never going to grow unless you have those other two steps as well. And I think, you know, it all, to, to, to your point earlier, it's, it all kind of, kind of ties together. I, I, I completely agree. And just to, just to double
1: down on that, you know, the number one, what we're seeing is that the number one cause of stress in the U.S. is financial stress, um, and oftentimes is people not, you know, knowing if they're going to be able to make rent at the end of the month. Uh, it's, um, you know, feeling awkward that uh, there is there's their niece's birthday and they don't know if they should uh, they should buy them a present or make sure that they have gas for the end of the uh, for the end of the month. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, things that we're seeing on our side is that people are paying for gas in very small increments. Um, because they just, you know, they don't have the ability to just put down fifty-five dollars to like fill up the tank, yeah. um, and now so that amount is going up with the price of gas going up. But w- w- I completely agree with you. I think, you know, giving a better experience to 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 employees starts with decreasing the number one cause of stress that they have, which, as we're seeing, is, is financial stress. Of course, for other people, it's a case by case basis. Maybe it's something else, but. As we're seeing for a lot of Americans,
0: that's what's top of mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, as a as a co-founder, as uh, as an entrepreneur, and you know, what would what advice would you have for someone that's considering founding a startup, starting a company? You know, what what are some things that they should consider first?
1: Uh, absolutely, and I always say it: it's three things. Focus, focus, and focus. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As, as important as it is, what, what, what that means is, is, is there are so many opportunities out there. Um, it's, the idea is usually just, um, it's, it's actually not that much. Um, you know, great, there's great ideas that we see all the time. Um, but the, what it goes down to is a founding team's ability to focus. Uh, and what that means is saying, what problem are we solving? Who are we solving it for? Who's the buyer? What kind of product do we need to build in order to, to get there? Um, what's the easy way to, to get to it? And then how can you delight your customer afterwards? Uh, what are some of the things that are, you know, non pl related that you want to stand for and know that your brand is, is standing for? So basically, basically, you know, bring everything down to focus and knowing exactly what you're doing. Um, I can tell you that's that's going to bring people in a in a in a really, really good place compared to to most companies that I see. Yeah, great,
0: great. Well, Nico, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Um, so a few things. One is
1: uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm under Nico Simcoe, N-I-C-O-S-I-M-K-O. And then they can also go on getclaire.com. That's G-E-T-C-L-A-I-R.com and follow the Claire journey.
0: Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank uh, Nico Simcoe, uh, founder and CEO of Clare, for joining the show. Um, Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.